everybody. I just want to thank y'all for joining me uh, today on the Bible Believer AV 1611 broadcast. Uh, my name is Brother Mike, and I'm just going to be your, you know, I'm going to be your host for um, hopefully about the next hour. Um, you know, we've been uh, discussing um, true evangelism and the necessity of prayer, and um, this will be, I believe, it's about the fourth uh, part. Um, to this uh, series that we've been running and uh, perhaps maybe even the last part of it. Um, I'm hoping that maybe tonight uh, things will be a little bit brief uh, or at least more brief than they have been. Um, I've definitely been going over um, you know the time limit that I've tried to set for myself which has been about an hour but um, I just want to thank you guys for joining me. Uh, like I say I know that um, you know there's a, a thousand other things that you could be doing uh, rather than tuning in. So uh, those of you that tune in, I do thank you uh, for doing that. And, uh, you know, I, I do appreciate it. Um, so uh, without kind of further ado, I just want to go ahead and get into this. I know uh, a lot of you, um, if you're not um, on the email list or whatever uh, that I have on my website, um, it's easy to get on, and like I say, I don't spam you. You can just go to my website. It's uh, www.thebiblebelieverav1611.com, and um, all you got to do is just, you know, uh, sign up. And like I say, you know, you get about an email a week, and it's just going to be on the podcast, maybe what's coming up. Um, there's a couple. Um, I've got a series I think that the Lord uh, would like for me to uh give after this um you know um and uh you know i've got another series that i'm kind of working on with another brother here and i'm hopefully uh it's going to be on the king james bible and hopefully we'll have it out uh you know um within the next uh month or so um obviously uh you know there's probably a lot more people uh, way more able than I am, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to give a series on the King James Bible. Um, but, you know, I do believe that it is the purified text for the last days. And uh, I say that, uh, you know, without reservation, uh, it is superior to the Greek and to the Hebrew. Um, you know, anybody that wants to say that the Hebrew or the Greek superior to the King James Bible um, I'm you know we don't have the original Hebrew and we don't have the original Greek uh, they do not exist anywhere in the world they don't exist all we have are fragments and copies they are not originals so anyone who wants to argue that point the the point there really is no argument it's dead at the point when they say the originals because they don't exist. What you have are copies. And many of those copies, uh, as we're going to get into this series, you're going to realize that uh, these copies are not trustworthy. And uh, so, you know, that's the thing that you have to uh, come to terms with when you realize that you know, God had men uh, put 
the Word of God uh, into uh, the English text, which is the universal language of the last days. And that's the way the Bible has always been written and has always been given. It's always been given and written in a universal language. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about uh, Koine Greek, that's what the word means. It means common. Uh, Latin Vulgate, it's the common tongue. Uh, you know, um, it's always been that way. Uh, God has done that on purpose and intentionally um, because he wants his word to get into the... Uh, you know, to get into the maximum amount of hands possible. And the only way to do that is to put it in the universal language. There is, it is not a coincidence that English is being spoken all around the world. I don't care where you go or where you, uh, you know, man, I know that a lot of you guys know I was in the Air Force and I'm telling you, we were out there in the middle of the Middle East in the desert and you got nomadic tribes coming up and little children talking to you in English. Now it's not the best English in the world, obviously. They don't have TVs and all that kind of stuff. It, I marvel at it. I mean, where in the world do, are they learning it? You know, but you got nomadic tribes in the middle of a desert, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, when you get out in these, what they call forward operating bases and stuff like that, we call them FOBs, you know, uh, you're, not in, you're not around any major cities. You know, you're out in the middle of nowhere. And these, these you know, nomadic tribes coming up wanting to trade with you and stuff and little children come. How is that possible? You know what I mean? Why is that? First of all, why is that? Because English is a universal language. Now, I remember when I was a kid growing up, and, uh, you know, uh, I remember taking Spanish class. You know, they were teaching Spanish in, in school, and I didn't get good grades in Spanish. And, you know, I made, I actually made the, the Spanish teacher mad one day because, you know, she told me, you know, doesn't it make you uh, ashamed that, you know, all the people down there, most of the children down there in Mexico and places like that, can speak English and you can't speak their language. And, you know, I was a kid, like I say, you know, lost as well. And you know what I said to her? I said, that's because they're dying to get here. And the more that they can pawn themselves off as one of us, the easier it is. We ain't dying to get there. And there's a reason why the English-speaking world is the dominant you know, countries, the English-speaking countries are the dominant countries in the world. God worked this out. You think America just has all the money and the influence and the power that it has all over the world? You think Britain had that before us? Or the British crown, the, the Bible, oh, not the Bible, but I mean, history said that the, that the sun never set on the British Empire. That means it was a global empire. And where the word of a king is, there is power. I mean, you, we could just go on and on. But that word went around the world with the British crown. In English, it spread all over the world. And then, oops, 
up jumps America, bang. And all the money and all the riches and all of that, that, that America just blows up out of nowhere. And what, and, what, and what is she holding in her hand when she does it? The AD 1611. And what does she do? Trains missionaries and just soldiers. I mean, how do you get involved in World War II? You know, isn't that funny how they, we imported the, this 1611 from England, so basically Europe. And a war happens and we go over there and all these Christian soldiers from America go over there with what? That AD 1611 in their hand. And they take it right back into Europe. And the Western world flourished. I mean, you think it's a coincidence that Japan attacked us? I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that at all. Those people wrapped in Buddhism and all kinds of just craziness. And now, you know, it blesses my heart. I mean, I see a lot of folks in Malaysia, Philippines, Cambodia, Laos. That's not a coincidence that we went there. Uh, it's not a coincidence. We got the pants beat off of us over there in, in uh, Vietnam. But guess what we sent over there with those American soldiers? Mm-hmm. That's right. That AD 1611. And what happened? Look at Vietnam now. They're coming out of communism. And what's doing it? The Word of God is doing it. Over there you got Brother, I think it's Brother Cloud over there in, uh, what was it, Nepal, I think it is. You know? I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me. I marvel at it. I marvel at the, the, you know, at the sovereignty of God, I marvel at how he works things out all over the world. Things that we think are just mere coincidence, they're not a coincidence. You know, the Bible has gone into all the world. That AD 1611 has gone into all the world. And it's under attack. And so I had a buddy of mine, you know, that, you know, me and him were talking and, you know, he kind of actually talked me into it a little bit. You know, uh, I originally said, you know, that, hey, you know, we, there, there's a, you know, there's a thousand different videos you can watch on, you know, the King James Bible, manuscript evidence and all these kind of things out there. I was like, you know, uh, I just didn't want to get into it. I mean, and you know, and be honest with you, I don't think the Lord was was telling me to get into it, you know. Um, and so, because you know, before I do broadcast, you know, these 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 episodes that I'm doing, you know, as I've said before, they're not of my own. I'm not just, you know, sitting around here thinking of, oh, what can I put out for a podcast this week. I'm not doing that. Everything is by prayer. Everything is by me seeking God and seeking, you know, 
his instruction through his word. And he's the one that's telling me to do what I'm doing. And I, that's why I know because prayer has been a, has transformed my life. It's transformed my life. And I know that if it can do the same thing for me, it can do the same thing for others. And I know as a hypocritical Pharisee sitting up in, in a fundamental church with my nose lifted up looking down on people, you know, I know that if it can change me, you know, if, if, if the power of prayer can do that, if it can take a person, you know, who looked down on others, you know what I'm saying, who didn't, didn't think much of those people who were lost in sin, you know, a matter of fact, you know, they are, they are getting what they deserve. No, brother, because if, you know what I mean, if you got what you deserve, you'd be in hell. If I got what I deserve, I'd go straight to hell. You know, like somebody said, with gasoline britches on. Uh, you know, and that's the thing. And the change happened through prayer. Uh, like, like I said in another episode, a uh, brother once told me, you know, uh, Bible study without prayer makes one legalistic in their thinking. And prayer without Bible study makes one mystical in their thinking. And see, and I, I had gone down the other road. I had neglected prayer. And, you know, and obviously was raised up in a church where, you know, they put an emphasis on separation. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching against separation. Matter of fact, we need to be separated. We, we need to be holy. You know, the Bible says that, you know, to present yourself a living sacrifice. And the first thing it says is holy. God said, be holy for I am holy. We're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be separate from sinners. So I believe that, you know. I believe we ought to be separated. But I also believe that, you know, I've heard preachers say, and I don't agree with them, you can't be too separated. You can be. You can be. And the Pharisees, like I say, and the Sadducees are living, were, were living proof of that. If you go back and you look in the Bible how separated those people were, you know, Paul even said as touching the law, he was blameless. And then he said he did all the things that he did. God had mercy on him because he did them in ignorance. You know, so the letter, you know, just being separated is not enough. Uh, dressing right, looking right, you know what I mean? Having your hair cut a certain way. I mean, we can get to the point to where we're... You know, we're so critical. You know, I know this to be a truth. There is a Jewish man. I won't mention his name. He's a missionary. He's he's Jewish. And he got saved. And he's a missionary to the Jewish people. And he was visiting a church one time that I was at. You know, we were in some meetings and stuff. And we were talking, you know, this guy. And uh, because I was very interested, you know, he did a, man, he did a really good message on, uh, you know, uh, the the prayer 
and I can't remember the name of it now, but it's 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 a blanket basically that they use as a prayer shawl. That's it, prayer shawl. He um he did a message on that. It was it was fantastic and you know, um, but anyways, you know, he was telling me that he there was there were there were some uh, independent Baptist churches that he uh you know went to that would not allow him to preach or to present his work. And the reason why they wouldn't allow him to preach or present his work be, was because he had a beard. Now, this is before facial hair has become the thing. I mean, it was like, you know, if you if you ran around in independent Baptist circles, that was like anathema, man. You had any facial hair, and it still is in a lot of churches like that. You know, you have facial hair, they're not letting you stand up. Although, like I say, if you want to argue the point, I think it's more scriptural to have facial hair than it isn't. But that's not what I'm here to talk about. And, you know, I just wanted to point out, though, that you can get so separated in your thinking that I believe you're no longer any use. You know, you're no longer any use for God. And I think I've gotten to that point. I think I've gotten, and I think God had to knock me back. God had to bring the wrecking crew in there on me. And he had to break some things down. I think that was, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine, you know. Um, you know, I think that's why some things happened to me in the past. Because, you know, I got to the point to where I was standing in judgment. You know, like I said, I had so many mountaintop experiences you know, I mean, I thought, you know, I'd arrived. And brother, ain't none of us arrived. You know, there but the grace of God go I. And that, you know, and you got a lot of folks. You know, the Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. And you've got people talking about how, you know what I mean, this this pharisaical attitude where, you know, well, so-and-so, you know, well, they, you know, they're doing so-and-so, so they must not really be saved, you know? And totally skip over the fact that the Bible says to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, we don't even give people the, the, the chance. We're so... You know, we're so busy to kick them to the curb before the time because we don't even give them the chance to grow in grace. Like I said, like for me, what happened with me is, is when I got saved, you know, I, I'd been churched. I'd been to a good church. I got to live around people who were living good, clean, modest lives. And so after I got saved, I was like, oh, well, that's why they did all that. You know, I used to, I used to, I ain't gonna lie to you, I used to sit there and go, man, ain't no way to live like that. It's not possible. And it's not. Outside the, the Holy Spirit of God living in you, and the Lord Jesus Christ leading and guiding you, but nobody gets saved and becomes the Apostle Paul the next day. Folks gotta grow in grace. I mean, you got people, like I say, think about this. Some gangbanger down there in L.A. or in New York or something like that gets saved. I'm talking about murdering folks. 
I'm, t- I'm talking about rough. Things like me and you, norm- you know, I'm, I, I would say normal people, but I don't, I don't want to say that because like, it's like he's abnormal. But you know what I'm saying, or she. They're not abnormal. You know what I mean? That's the par for the course nowadays. And you got folks coming out of all that stuff. You know what I mean? And, you know, you go over to their house after they profess salvation and the joker comes out and he's got a pair of shorts on or something like that. And a tank top. And then next thing you know, you back at the church house talking about, well, I don't think old boy got saved. He came out wearing a tank top. He was half naked, you know, according to the Bible, you know, you died, blah, blah, blah. I mean, good night. Come on. I mean, that's just, like I said, that's that's hypocritical Phariseeism, you know. But, you know, we got to, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that the Lord, you know, helps me and guides me and leads me in this thing. And there's some things that I want to bring out, you know, according to the scriptures, uh, you know, about the word of God and it going around the world about the King James Bible. And so I, I'm, you know, I just ask that, you know, you guys be in prayer about that thing. Um, you know, that the Lord, uh, uh, you know, lead me and guide me in, uh, in that. Um, because like I said, I, I really didn't want to get into it at first and my buddy talked me into it. And, uh, you know, not that I should say he really talked me into it, but, you know, as we were talking, it, you know, it, the Lord started saying, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you can do that. And so, you know, I'm trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to let him lead, guide, and direct what I'm doing here. So, uh, let's get into this real quick. Because like I say, I, I, this won't really be a long uh, broadcast. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to get back up here where this thing is. is where it needs to be but uh you know hopefully that like i say this won't be a long podcast at all um but uh let's see here let's let's get into our text verse so our text verses y'all know them by now at least i hope you should know them by now um you know first uh, timothy 2 1 through 8 and he said i exhort therefore that first of all supplications and prayers intercessions and giving thanks be made for all men so i'm not going to keep reading that's really the verse that i want to emphasize is that supplications prayers intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men then ezekiel 22 30 and i sought for a man that should stand in the gap before me for the land that i should not destroy it but i found none and then in isaiah 62 6 through 7 it says i've set uh, watchmen upon the, thy walls o jerusalem which shall never hold their peace day or night Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest. So, that's the part of the, those two verses right there that I want. And give him no rest. You know, that's the part. Keep not silence. And so, um, you know, uh, it's the emphasis on prayer. The emphasis that God is putting on prayer. And, you know, we've, we've done gone through... A lot of this, I kind of did a wrap-up last time, so I'm not going to go through all of it again. But I want to get back down here to the point to where we were. Where we talked about, um, 
let's see, you know, the, the, uh, the arresting factor in it is self. Um, you know, the recognition that self is the arresting factor in the cause of Christ. And I'm telling you folks, uh, that is a huge one right there. And it is. Um, God resists the proud. You want to get your prayers answered? I mean, you really want to get your... You know, that's why the Lord said, you know, look, if you got ought against your brother, go get it right. Go get it right. I mean, you coming to me, want me to answer your prayers, you want you coming to me, want me to forgive you for sins, and you got, you know, you got hate in your heart against your brother... I mean, you know, just if you just think about that logically, it doesn't even make any sense. I mean, you really think that God is going to answer your prayers when you got ought against your own brother, you got hate in your heart? Folks, we're trying to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And until folks get to the point, and I'm talking about all Christians, where you're holding animosity, you're holding hate in your heart against your brother, because that's what he—that's what God calls it. You know, when I use that word hate, that's what I'm, you know, you got animosity in your heart, that's hate. Just say it like it is. It's hate. You got a grudge against somebody, and you trying to come to the Lord and ask forgiveness for your sins, and we done already went over that verse too where it talks about, right? Uh, and we know that God heareth not sinners. Now think about that for a minute. Yeah, that's talking about a lost man. That's talking about a saved man too. That's talking about you and me. I got hate in my heart. I got animosity in my heart. That's why we got to be so quick to forgive. I mean, we can't be holding grudges. So somebody did you wrong. Turn the other cheek. Well, they said something bad about me. Well, boo-hoo. You know what I mean? You know, I talked about before, about that, that fella that came up to me Screaming in my face, you know, when he found out that I was a Christian. Now, if I had reacted the way my flesh would have wanted to react, there's no way that man would have sat there and listened to me. I would have had no chance to talk to him about the gospel. None. He was not wanting to hear it. And I wasn't even street preaching or anything. I was just talking to somebody standing next to me. Can't remember, I think I was standing in line somewhere, but this guy, he just, you know, he just started going off. I mean, he, he heard that I was a Christian, or heard what I was saying, and assumed I was a Christian, and he just started going off. You know? And we can't do that to folks. I mean, we can't, we can't just start going off on them because, you know, uh, somebody said something that you didn't like. I mean, if you did ever 
go out street preaching or doing anything like that. Or, I mean, folks, I haven't had it happen to me, but I mean, I've had, I've had preacher friends of mine tell me they've had dogs sicked on them. All kinds of stuff. Been bloody. All kinds of stuff. And you and we can't react to that type of stuff, man. We can't hold grudges in our heart, especially of you know family members, friends. Man, you've got to forgive them. You've got to give it to the Lord and let Him deal with it. But you have to forgive. That's the command that God gave you. You know, forgive. And I think that's a lot of things that but that goes back to self. That 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 arresting factor in the cause of Christ is self. You know? I mean the Bible talks about in the last days, uh, you know, men will become lovers of themselves. Man, that is infesting the church. It's infesting it. Excuse me. You know? I mean, it's all about me. It's all about how I feel. You know? It's all about the fact that someone did something to me that I didn't think was right. But it's killing the proliferation of the gospel. It's killing it. I mean, we got no power because God resists the proud. And we're so eat up with pride and we see ourselves as being something when we're nothing. Without him, without me, ye can do nothing, he said. Nothing. And that's true. You can't even get up and breathe in the morning without him. Your heart won't beat without Him. Your legs won't move without Him. Your eyes won't see without Him. Your ears won't hear without Him. Without Him, you can do nothing. And there's so many folks that get prideful. It's all about me. You know, I didn't have the parents I should have had. I didn't have the upbringing I could have had. You know, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Get off the pity party. And set your eyes on Jesus. Who endured such contradiction of sinners. I mean, look at what he went through. Man, the little problems that we have in our life, and I ain't saying all of them are little. I mean, some of them are big compared to what I've gone through in my life. But I'm talking about that inward-looking... Satan is so good at that. He's going to get you to look inward at yourself. Like when trials and tribulations come in your life. You know what he's going to do? He's going to start... He wants you to start looking at yourself. And this is the type of things he's going to say. He's going to say, 
See? If God really loved you, he wouldn't do that. You do realize that you couldn't be afflicted like that unless God allowed it. I mean, you think about Job. Job was doing good. He was doing right. God allowed me to go there and do all that to Job. So really, in the end, whose fault is it? Oh, it's God's fault. He's allowing it. You see what I'm talking about? And he's going to start tricking you into that. And you, and if you start listening to that stuff, you're going to start believing it. And once you start believing it, I mean, attributing things that are bad to God like that, charging him, unworthily, Now, God allows things, all things work together for good, the Bible says. Not necessarily for your good. They work together for good. You don't know what God's doing. You know, like the afflictions that came upon me that I, I had been going through, God was using that. You know, I look back on it now and I realize, man, God afflicted me. He did all those things. Why? To draw me closer to himself. To help me to see myself as I should have been looking at myself all along. That I hadn't arrived. You know? And that's what Satan starts doing. Satan starts whispering in your ear. You know, Mike? You know, if, uh, you know, if God really cared about lost people, man, he'd do something about it. I mean, all these Christian folks sitting up in here in this church with all these, you know, nice buildings and everything and all these nice cars and everything like that. I mean, if you, you know, really doesn't, you know, if the people of God don't don't care about the lost. Well, I mean, see, you see how the dominoes fall? The next step is you charge God with it. Don't listen to that mess. What does Paul say? Not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Why? Because that's pride. That, that, that pride sneaks in there. You start looking inward. You start looking at self. You start looking at the things that are happening to me, that are going on to me, and you're looking around at all these folks. You know what I mean? Isn't that what Solomon said? You know how the wicked seem to prosper? You start looking around at all that stuff and you see these hypocritical Pharisees sitting in their chief seats and all that kind of stuff. And if you start getting around and looking at that thing and you start pondering on all that stuff, which Satan wants you to do, see? He's wanting you to start concentrating on all that. He's wanting you to get down there and look and then the next thing you know, you're going to charge God with it. Because that's where all that leads to. When you start looking at self, the next step is to charge God. And I'm, I know what I'm saying because I've been there and I've done that. I've got the t-shirt, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? 
not talking as a fool talks. And I'm not just telling you something that I read out of a stupid book somewhere. Not to saying that all books are stupid. Now, I'm just saying that, you know, I didn't read that out of a book somewhere. God put me through things and did things to me, afflicted me, did all kinds of things. I'm telling you, if I could really lay it out to all of y'all, you know what I mean? Uh, y'all would be like, wow, all that happened? Yeah. But God is using it for his glory. And instead of charging God and, and being unforgiven in your heart towards your brother who you have seen, right? That's what love is. Think about this, man. Think, think. All right. I'm going to use this. This is a great example. And I had a dog. He was a Jack Russell. His name was Samson. And I'm telling you, I love that dog. I mean, I went and picked that dog up. That dog was itty bitty. I mean, you could, he, matter of fact, that's how he sat. Right here in my hand, on my chest like this as I drove home. He sat there just like that when I picked him up and I drove home. I think I, I it was around an hour drive that I had to go to, to pick him up. And so I'm driving home and he's sitting like this in my hand. One hand. And I'm driving home. And I mean... I got to the point, like, if he needed a shower, I was in the shower, I would just bring him with me, you know what I mean? And he loved the water. He wasn't like a lot of dogs, man. I mean, you could just lather his head up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I loved that dog. That dog could chew up my favorite pair of shoes. And I might come in and be like, man, Samson, what did you do? And he'd be standing there looking, you know what I mean, like, like that, you know, wagging his tail, looking at me like, what are you talking about, Dad? What are you talking about? You know, and I would look at that dog, and I couldn't even be mad at him. I'd start laughing and be like, man, you know, get out of my face, you know what I mean? And then he, you know, he just want to start coming up, you know, licking on me and stuff. And I'd be like, man, you know, I can't even be mad at this dog. Brother, that's love, man. So what if, you know, if somebody in your family or a friend of yours or whatever done you wrong or is doing you wrong? If nothing else, look at him like he's that dog. That dog could do no wrong. I mean, it didn't matter what that dog did, man. I, I could not be mad at him. I'd just be looking at him. I mean, because he, he, you know, he don't know. He's just sitting there like, okay, Dad, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? And you just couldn't be mad. That's love. I mean, you think about, think about this, man. You know, you see, like, people get put on trial for murder. I'm talking about just wicked stuff, man. You know what I mean? Like, some serial killer or something like that. You know what I mean? Butchering folk. And you see just, you know, weeks-long trial going on, and they bringing out evidence after evidence after evidence after evidence. 
And after a while, it's beyond reasonable doubt. I mean, there's it's beyond a shadow of a doubt. Alright, this guy killed all these folks. Murdered them. And then you get an interview with the with the guy's mom. I know my baby. He didn't do that. He couldn't do that. There's no way. She sat and watched the same evidence everybody else watched. No. It was somebody else. It wasn't him. He would never do something like that. That's love. That is true love in action. It didn't matter what they did. She, She's not writing the kid off. No, we write people off because, you know what I mean, they owe us 25 bucks or even 500 bucks. How about that? Or a thousand bucks. Or ten thousand. I don't care what it is, how much money it is. We just gonna write people off for what? Some money? But that's the self arresting factor. That's in the cause of Christ. That's what's happening. Satan has so many people looking at themselves and looking at the things that are affecting them, and they're not doing what the what the Bible commands. And then we wonder why, you know, the churches that we're in are dying out. And, I, and like I say, I know there's a remnant out there, man. There, there are some out there that are, that are still doing the things of God. Thank God for it. But they're coming fewer. They're becoming fewer and fewer and far between. And what we really have are a lot of churches dying out because they're not getting the type of preaching they're supposed to be getting. I mean, who cares if you know everything about the tribulation or, you know, the the great white throne judgment or the millennial reign of Christ if you don't have love in your heart for your brother? And the things that you're doing every day are hindering the power of the gospel because the Holy Spirit is so grieved in us he can't do what he's supposed to do. That's why you're commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. He's commanding you to be filled. Be not drunk with wine wherein there is access, but be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. And why? And you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit if you're hating your brother who you have seen. It's not possible. At least not to the capacity that you should be. I mean, think about this. If you pick up a cup and you notice it was dirty, what are you going to do? You're going to put it down and pick up the clean one. Then you're going to what? Fill it.
That's why when he says, present your body a living sacrifice, it has to be holy. And I ain't talking about the outside of the cup. God's not interested in that. He's a discerner of the heart and the intentions of it. It doesn't matter if you wear the right clothes and you're you have no you know you have the right haircut and the right facial uh you know you're groomed the way you're supposed to be and shaved and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter and that and and you hold the right bible in your hand if you have hate in your heart for your brother. Or you have hate in your heart for the people you're supposed to be reaching. Now, come on, man. You're not going to pray for people that you're looking down on in contempt. I mean, the Lazaruses of the world, those people, you know, like that rich man, he looked on Lazarus, right? The dogs licking his sores. I wonder how many times he stepped over that joker talking about. Didn't I tell y'all to get this idiot off of my front doorstep? Get him up out of here, man. I'm tired of looking at this joker. He obviously did something or he wouldn't be there like that. See, isn't that how we look at them folks? The drunkard. The harlot, the doper, right? Never mind that the Bible says they're bound in the cords of their sins. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. You know, and then where it talks about such were some of you, read that laundry list. But you're washed. You're cleansed. Yeah, see? We want to sit there in judgment. Such were some of you. You know? And even if you never committed any of those things, if you never had, you know, stepped out on your wife, or if you never... uh committed fornication, had sex outside of marriage, or whatever the case may be. You know, maybe you're not like that woman at the well and you had five husbands and the man you're with now is not your husband. Maybe you've never been like that. But let me remind you of something. Jesus Christ was murdered and it was your sins that did it. I don't care if the only sin you ever committed was a lie. Jesus Christ was murdered. On the cross. Now I know technically. No man taketh my life. I giveth my life freely. But he took the place of a murderer. Barabbas was a murderer. And he took his place. He didn't die for his own sins. He died for the sins of the world. Yours and mine. So it doesn't matter if you're not like the woman at the well. It doesn't matter if you're not like Lazarus. 
It doesn't matter if you're not like the doper. It doesn't matter if you're not like... You see what I'm saying? It doesn't... God, son, had to die to deliver you from whatever sin it was that you committed, even if it was just being disobedient to your parents. That's the self-arresting factor. That's, that's it. And trust me when I say, I know what I'm talking about because I've been there. I've done that. I was just talking to a brother about this the other night. You know, when we, and we were, actually we were talking about repentance. And I really don't want to go down the rabbit hole of that. But, you know, the pharisaical attitude is, I did something to merit the favor of God. No, you didn't. And if you did, when you die and, and get to hell, you're going to realize it didn't work. You can't merit the favor of God. You can't do that. That's what grace is. You can't do it. Oh, I turned from sins. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And just like I was talking to him, if you turn from any sin, it was this. That there's anything that you can do to merit the favor of God. To be just in his sight. You've got to let go of all that. And that's why you have a bunch of self-righteous Pharisees. A lot of them. In churches all over America. Because they think they did something to merit the favor of God. Whether it's a prayer. Or whether it was the fact that oh, I turned from my sins. And just like I told him. Why did we sin? Are we sinners because we sin? Or do we sin because we're sinners? Let me ask you something. How did you turn from what you are? It's not possible. You can't turn from what you are. You sin because you're a sinner. You have the fallen nature. That's why the Bible says that, what? A child come forth from the womb... What? Telling lies. Yeah, you turn from all that. No, that's Phariseeism. That's a Phariseeical attitude. That's a Phariseeical spirit. That you did something to merit the favor of God. And that's why those people down there that you won't hand a gospel tract to and that you won't pray for and that you're not broken for, you know why? Because you're looking on them with judgment and condemnation. You'd rather they die and went to hell because you know what, God? They deserve it. I'm telling you, getting a prayer life and having a prayer life, a close prayer life, will transform your life. It'll transform the way that you look at things and people. Because it did me. It transformed me. It transformed me from someone who looked at these people with contempt. 
And I'm telling you, I remember saying this one day. And I pray this prayer all the time because it's a prayer that needs to be prayed over and over again. Lest I get to thinking my, of myself more highly than I ought to think. God, help me to see them as you see them. And help me to feel for them as you felt for them. When you suffered and went to the cross and bore my sins and the sins of the whole world. Help me to feel for them and to see them the way that you saw them then. Brother, it'll change your life. That self-arresting fact, that, that self-pity party, looking at all your, the situation that's going on. I ain't got enough to pay my bills. And, you know, this guy down the road, and he's living like the devil. And he got more money he knows what to do with. Got four four-wheelers outside and three ATVs. And, you know what I mean? They just bought a new truck. And, you know what I mean? I can't even make ends meet. Brother, you won't be looking at it like that no more. He's getting what he's getting. Right now. And we can't even be happy for another brother. Say if he is saved. You can't even be happy for a brother. Because he got a. You know a raise or a promotion on their job. You can't even be happy for him. And why? Because you're looking at yourself. There's that pity party going on again. See, God? And that joker, he don't even go out witnessing like I do, Lord. He don't do that. You know, he, I don't ever see him giving out gospel tracts, Lord. His life is blessed. He getting all the work. He getting all the blessings. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't look at it like that. You can't. You can't stop looking at people around you. Stop looking at yourself like that. And comparing them to you. God's got a plan for you. And if you truly believe that God is a God of his word. Then whatever is happening. It's working for good. And like I said, it might not be for your good. And then, see, that's the thing is that God puts us through trials. God puts us through testing. And then the thing is, we want to be delivered from it. Rather than letting God get the glory out of it. You know, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why I had to get a divorce. I don't know why my wife had to leave me. Let God get the glory out of it. Stop looking at somebody else. Stop looking at somebody else's situation. Stop having a pity party. Stop looking in. And stop looking down your nose at people because they've had one. Hey, you know, Joker wasn't living right with God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, you know, if he'd been living right with God, you know, he obviously wasn't treating his wife. I mean, you don't even know all that. You don't know what happened behind closed doors. 
And instead of praying for that brother, you know what I mean? You're going to stand in judgment of that brother when he needed your help. Instead of lifting them up, we're tearing each other down. And we're tearing each other down because, you know what? Well, you know, see, he was getting all them promotions and jobs. Look, see, and that's what, that's what it was right there all along. Really? Self is the arresting factor. That's it. We're not reaching people as a church, as individuals. We're not being fruitful in our own lives because we're harboring hate in our heart towards others. And God's not going to have it. Because God resists the proud. I mean, think about that. Your prayer is being hindered because you are harboring hate towards somebody or someone. I mean, man... Brothers, if y'all just think about it, think about what I'm saying. You know it to be true. You know, I posted a thing the other day, and, you know, it was about Baptists. And I had a guy comment on it, you know. And the truth is, I don't, I don't hold no hate in my heart for Catholics. I don't hate them. Hold no hate in my heart for Protestants. I'm a Baptist. I'm not Protestant. Baptist, in case you didn't know and you're watching this and you're not a Baptist, we didn't come out of the Protestant Reformation. We've been around. You know, I ain't like a lot of people say, oh, you know, we trace ourselves all the way back to John the Baptist. I don't know about all that, you know, but I know we've been around and we've been around a long time. We didn't come out of the Catholic Church. We weren't products of the pro, of, of the um, uh, the Protestant Reformation. We weren't products of that. As a matter of fact, Protestants and Catholics persecuted Baptists, put them to death, burned them at the stake, drowned them, and not just the men. The women and children, too. Now, just because I post something about history, because what does it say about history? Those that forget the past are what? Destined to repeat it? And what does the Bible even say? Remove not what? The ancient landmarks? I mean, it's it's good to know our history. Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna study that kind of stuff, and then harbor hate in your heart for Protestant people or Catholic people, then no, I I would say don't study it. Then, don't do that. That and that wasn't the reason why I posted it. I posted it because a lot of Baptists don't know why they're Baptist, and I'm not a Baptist because my mom and daddy was a Baptist. I'm a Baptist by conviction. Because I believe that what Baptist doctrine believes is true biblical doctrine. I mean, Baptist distinctives, free grace. Those are Baptist distinctives. Free grace. 
believer's baptism. I mean, that's heretical. To Protestants and, and, and Catholics. Rebaptizers. The Anabaptists. These people were getting put to death for that kind of stuff. Eternal security. Once saved, always saved. You can't lose it. It's not eternal if you can lose it. Those are Baptist distinctives. And like I said, Lord willing, I want to give, uh, I want to do a podcast or a series perhaps on them, on it. And not that I'm trying to convert anybody over to the Baptist religion because religion will send you to hell. All of them will. If all you've got is religion, you're going to hell. So you can't harbor hate in your heart for these people, you know? You can't. And I think it was Calvin who was one of them who were persecuting Baptists. And that and then he ends up marrying a Baptist. I believe it was Calvin who did that. Don't quote me on that, but I know there was one. It was Calvin or one of them who were persecuting Baptists, having them put to death, and then marries a woman that was Baptist. I, I really think that was kind of Ironic almost, you know, but you can't harbor hate in your heart. You can't do that. I mean, you just can't. Pray for them. What What did he say? That despitefully use you. Turn the other cheek. Do something Christian-like. You know, it's like the brother, you know, and I even felt bad about that. The brother attacked me, calling me a heretic online because I, I posted something, you know, and it had, first of all, if you don't know who Dr. Ruckman is, and you're a Bible believer, and when I mean a Bible believer, I'm talking about the King James Bible. That's the Bible, all right? Uh, first of all, if you're, if, the reason you're a Bible believer, 99.9% is because of the work of that man. And for a person to be a Bible believer and not know who he is, I didn't even know there was such a thing. I mean, not to say that you're, you know, you you got to follow the man or anything like that because he's he's passed now. He's gone home to be with the Lord. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, you know, first of all, this guy, he didn't know who he was. And I didn't, I it had no... It didn't even dawn on me at first. You know, I figured just a picture of Dr. Ruckman with that post would have been enough to for people to know when they seen the title, the heirs in the King James Bible. And then second of all, that was a book written by Dr. Ruckman. So the title and the picture should have given it away. But this guy coming on there attacking me, you know, and... I let him go on in this foolishness. I will admit that. And like I said, I even apologized for that because I didn't want to do it. You know, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go on in foolishness like that. You know, I shouldn't have let him go on in this foolishness like that. Uh, but, you know, so I got convicted about it. I should have just came out and told him. But, 
it just shocked me. But this guy, even though I let him go on, I mean, he's calling me a heretic and everything. And what did I do after that? I come on there and I told him, I said, look, man, when you find out what you're saying is just foolishness, you don't understand what you're saying. And I kept telling him, look up Dr. Ruckman. Look up the book that I'm talking about. That I that I that I put the quote from. The quote itself ought to have said that I wasn't, you know, challenging the King James Bible. Or saying that the Bible had error the King James Bible had errors in it. This guy goes on, like I said, anyways, long story is that that guy goes on, I mean, calls me a heretic and everything. And what did I do in the end after he deletes, like I I said he would, I said, you're going to delete these. I said, I'm going to let you delete them on your own. I'm not going to tell you to delete them. I'm going to let you delete them on your own. What does he do? He goes and deletes the comments that he made. And then what did I do after that, after I thought about it a little bit? And I prayed about it. I got convicted about it. And I was and the Lord was like, Man, you should have private messaged him and told him, Hey, brother, Dr. Ruckman is the champion of the King James Bible. He's the reason why you are what you are. Now he had to be a younger fella. He didn't know who he was. But, you know, because I'm here to build people up. I'm not here to tear them down. The world doesn't enough of that on its own Satan does enough of that all by himself I mean we don't need to be tearing each other down and it doesn't matter if someone's saved or not forgive them so your prayers be not hindered I mean get that thing settled give it to the Lord you know Somebody does you wrong. Somebody, you know, uh, doesn't pay you some money that they owe you. Anything. Give it to the Lord. Forgive them. Whatever it is. Settle it with God. And if you do that, I'm telling you. You're going to be a lot better off in your life. And you're going to be a lot more fruitful in your witness and your testimony for the Lord. Now, I don't know. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you're not, you know what I mean? Maybe you're not in a place where you're trying to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you are, if you care, if you really care, then you got to get self out the way. If we don't get self out the way, we're going to hinder the work of God. Only we can do that. I mean, that's powerful when you think about it. I mean, we're co-laborers together with him. And I don't know why God would ever do that. I mean, I don't know, but I'm not going to question him. You know, why God would ever do that and get us involved in it? I don't know why. I just know that he has. And we have access right to the throne. And the only, the only thing that can hinder our access 
is us. We're the only ones that can grieve the Holy Spirit. And we do it by putting too much emphasis on ourselves, thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. And we shouldn't do that. I'm telling you, people are dying and going to hell all around us. And the arresting factor in all of it is us. Now, I know there's a lot of people who don't want to hear that. Won't like to hear it. But we need to hear it. And when, when God revealed that truth to me, it was like, boom, like a, I mean, like, boom, like a, a time bomb went off. And God was saying, Mike, you're the reason why. And you're going down to the mission and things like that and preaching to these people. Now, I know, like I say, you know, people, this is the, the, this is the excuse, and I already know it. In the last days, there's going to be a falling away. Yeah. But why? He doesn't tell you why. Men will not endure sound doctrine. Yep, I know that one too. But why? Maybe it's because what he said. Men will become lovers of themselves. And notice he didn't just say lost people. That was all of us. We become lovers of our own selves. And I think there's a lot of pride in the ministry, folks. I think there's a lot of it. People want to be seen. Things like Facebook and all this kind of stuff. Like I said, they can be used for God. There's no doubt that they can be used for good. But people want to be known. They want to be seen. They want to be the guy that can tell somebody Something about, you know, in the Bible that nobody else has ever heard before. And that's self. And it doesn't matter how true what you're saying is. It doesn't matter how right what you're saying is. When you're saying it with the wrong heart, with the wrong intentions. Because you're wanting people to look at me. You want people to notice you. And more importantly, you're noticing all the things about yourself. You're looking inward. Satan's then got you concentrated on all that stuff. You don't have the job that you're supposed to have. Or you think you're worthy of. Why don't you just be satisfied with the one you got? I mean, there's a, there's a preacher said this one time. And it's true. Man, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty abrasive. God could trust you with money. Maybe he'd give you more of it. Maybe he can't trust you with the money that you got. The reason why he don't give you more. Ever think about that one? I don't think so. I don't think a lot of us do. If only I could just been born in Donald Trump's house. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, Prince Harry. You know what I mean? Why couldn't I have been one of those? Why couldn't I have been born into the royal family? Why... Why Prince Harry? Red-headed, ugly-looking joker. Right? <laughs> and I'm just saying that to be funny, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You know, we're going to stand critical and just, you know, man, no. 
God put you where you're at. I mean, you think you got it bad? Brother, y'all ain't got it bad. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I was out there in the Middle East, and I was in a forward operating base, and we were inside Turkey, near the border of uh, Saudi Arabia, and uh, brother, they had an earthquake. I think the earthquake was 8.6 back in it, and you know, I don't know if you know anything about earthquakes, but they're exponential. So a seven and an eight ain't nowhere close. So when you, you know, when someone says, oh, it was just a 7.2. And then, well, you know, it was an 8, you know, or an 8. It was a 7.6 and an 8.2. Well, you know, it was just an 8.2. We, we, you know, I've, I've been through, no, it, they're exponential. An 8, an 8 is way worse than a 7.6. And so it was an 8.6. I couldn't imagine, man, Alaska, then talking about there was a 9.2 in Alaska. I couldn't imagine that. But anyways, that there was a town not too many clicks away from, from where we were. And you could see the light at night because it's in the desert, you know. And at night you could see the lights from that city. And I remember after the earthquake, it leveled it. It looked like a bomb went off. Like Hiroshima. I'm talking about like a nuclear bomb just went. Whoosh. It leveled every building, every one of them. Now, mind you, that's an Islamic country. I, I get that. But you don't think there might not have been some missionaries down there? You don't think there might have been a couple of two or three, maybe, Christians in the whole bunch? And you got it bad. And, you know, I was talking to this brother, man. He, he said that he, I can't remember where he went to now. He went to somewhere, I think it was in South America or something like that. Out in the, I mean, talking about out in the jungles. And he said he went out there, man, and it was like in the middle of a, like a swampy area. Mosquitoes, he said, man, it was thick. Thick. And I, and I remember Christians were being persecuted there. I don't, I can't remember exactly where. Maybe it was in Africa somewhere. I'm thinking, but anyways, where they were at, man, he said the mosquitoes eat you alive. He said you had to wade through water up, you know, to your knees to get to the place. And the reason why is, is because they wouldn't be persecuted there. And that was, and I, I was like, man, and these Christians would sneak out there in the middle of the night, getting ate alive by mosquitoes, just so they could meet in the middle of the darkness and worship God without fear of dying. We got it bad. No, I don't think so. We ain't got it bad. So, brothers and sisters, the self-arresting factor. That's that. That's the second to the last point. And like I said, I was hoping maybe to finish it up tonight. But I wanna, I'm going to get that last point in because I know God wants me to. But self, think about it. Think about your you as a person I'm talking about. To heck with the whole church. I'm talking about you as a person. If each, if each one of us became fruitful where we were at. Because we realize that self is what is hindering the work of God. It's hindering our prayers. You might be praying for the people around you. 
Think about this. Your family members you're praying for to get saved. Maybe they're not getting saved because your prayers are being hindered because of you. And if that's the case, you've got to, you've got to come to the place where we, we all do, where we're going to put self down, keep it down. He said, I crucify the flesh daily. Paul did. He had a thorn in the flesh so he wouldn't get exalted. Think about those things. Maybe an affliction that you've got, something that's going on in your life is because God wants the glory out of it. And instead of praying that God gives you relief, God sought it three, or Paul sought it three times. Remember that. He didn't ask anymore. Because he left it to God to get the glory out of it. Now I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for healing and things like that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But if God doesn't give you healing about something, or God doesn't take something out, maybe you, there's a situation, when I mean a healing, I'm talking about maybe it's a financial situation you're in. Maybe it's because God wants to get the glory out of it. Stop thinking about yourself. And let's go forth with the power of God on us and pray for one another. And maybe we can actually do something for the glory of God. Now folks, hopefully this next one, I'm going to get to that last point. I, I, I believe God wants me to do it. And so I'm going to get to that last point maybe on this next one and we'll jump off on onto another series that God's been laid already laid on my heart. But I do, and I think, you know, hopefully in the next month or so, uh, you know, we can get on uh, the King James Bible. Why I believe it's the Word of God. Why I believe it's the purified text of the last days. Y'all, I love you. I do. Uh, oh, and I got a brother, man, he asked for prayer asked me to pray for him about a certain thing. And he's a brother in Christ. And I'm asking y'all to pray, man. I know I mentioned my dog and all that. Well, Samson got hit by a vehicle a long time ago. And I don't have him anymore. But, you know, I don't know if you're an animal lover or not. But animals can become like family to us. And trust me when I say, we can weep some tears over some animals. You know, I wish we'd weep some more tears over people, but that's not to discount the fact that, you know, animals can become like family members to us. And this brother asked for prayer, for, and he, he mentioned the fact that he, you know, having to make a decision he doesn't want to make. And so maybe the, the dog has an ailment. I don't know. Maybe the, the dog has to get put down, or he's thinking that it might need to be put down. Ask that God give him some grace for it. And maybe that God will heal the dog. Or that God would take the dog peacefully so he doesn't have to make the decision. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But that brother asked for prayer and I'm asking all of you that are listening to this. Matter of fact, forget everything I said in this whole thing. Pray for that brother. Pray for him. 
I mean, that's what this is all about. This is not about me. This is not about me giving a podcast about any certain thing. Man, let's pray for each other. Let's pray for each other and pray for that brother. I'm asking you to please pray for him. And y'all, if any of y'all have anything that you want to pray about, hit me up on an email. Hit me up. All you've got to do is go to my website or look me up on Facebook. I'm sure it won't be hard. Or leave it in the comments on YouTube. Whatever the case, however it is that you want to do it, do it. You need prayer about something. Let us pray for you. You know, pride goes before destruction, haughty spirit. I'm telling you, maybe God's not getting, you know, listen to guys talking from experience here. Maybe God's not giving you the healing because you won't ask for prayer. Think about that. Whatever the situation is, and I'm not just talking about physical healing. I'm talking about financial, whatever the case may be. If you have too much pride to ask people for help, maybe that's the thing. So I love you guys. I do. And I pray for all of you. Especially if you leave comments because I can see what you're hashtag or you know your 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 ID name or whatever you want to call it is I can see it and I ask God specifically for prayer for those people and I ask for general prayer for everybody that views these podcasts but specifically I name those people and if you put your name in there I'll pray for you I love you I thank you and y'all have a great and wonderful rest of your week